You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. For those of you who are interested in self-discovery and healing through hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to book a free consultation. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Um, Before we get started today, I'd like to give a blanket apology for the sound issues. I know it's been a problem. Um, The early episodes were recorded in a community radio station that presented some big challenges. And lately, I've been working through issues of broadcasting out of my home for quite a while now, actually, and uh, have gone through different microphones and setups. And I have come to the conclusion that it may be an internet issue happening now which is a challenge for many of us because the network's overloaded. So just know that I'm working on it and that I appreciate you hanging in there while I work to make it a better listening experience. And now on to the good stuff. Today we have Liz Collins with us. And Liz is the founder of Anahata Healing Arts. Liz is an integrative holistic health counselor and her therapies or modalities um, involve Uh, or are based on yogic sciences, somatics, massage, energetic herbalism, and vital whole foods nutrition. Welcome, Liz. Mm, Thank you for having me, Rebecca. I'm glad to be here. And it's a pleasure to have you with us today. And I feel um, our initial chat led to some, an obvious theme for today's discussion, which is uh, that our lives are the ceremony. Um, that we learn and heal through all of the things that happen in this customized experience we call life. Um, We've both had difficult ceremonies and given what's happening in the world right now, um, this pandemic is a situation that is in some way affecting all of us. Um, This is an important topic because if our lives are the bigger ceremony we're all experiencing together, then we can learn heal and grow through this and how we respond to this situation is important to our well-being and to the impact that it has on our lives and moving forward so firstly given the very difficult experiences you've had in ceremony um, i'm wondering what keeps you motivated to return to ayahuasca and how do you think those difficult ceremonies served you in your life i just want you to tell some stories around that if you can Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, What keeps me coming back um, from the difficulties? Well, well, I think in um, my life, I've had experience like, you know, prior to ayahuasca with clinical depression and and then, you know, 20 years later, um, I see so many of the gifts retrospectively and with the ayahuasca ceremonies, um, the the challenges during the ceremony often bring so much um, healing to me um, in my life in a variety of ways. Um, my my first ceremony, I know we didn't talk about this before, but in my first ceremony. I really, I didn't know when I sat for the first time if I would be sitting again. And so my sense was, I really, I came here to like with a very serious sense of doing some deep work. 
and I didn't feel like I wanted to, you know, like mess around. Um, and the medicine during that first ceremony, you know, the, um, the shaman, she said, you can come up and tell me if you want a small glass or a medium glass or a large glass, you know, kind of, kind of show me with your hand. And I went up and I, I just, you know, so I got large because I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm don't know if I'm going to be here again. And so I'm here to do the work. And um, it was very intense right off where I wasn't able to sit up any longer. I was laying down and I was deep in my process. And there came a point where the, you know, the shaman opened it up for a second round. And I, I really felt almost unable to move physically at that time. But I really, the medicine itself pulled me into a sitting position and over to the shaman to take another large dose and um and then I went back to my seat and again went deep into my journey and she called for a third round and I really did I you know the medicine was pulling me and I and I was having a conversation in my head going I can't move there's no way I can get from where I am to where the shaman is and have any more medicine I'm sorry I just can't and um somehow this force like moved me to crawl over to the shaman and to to have a third large cup. Wow, that's beautiful how it works with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I mean it was a it was definitely the medicine pulling me yes. to it to it so profoundly. And um you know that at the at the end of that ceremony um I had a very clear uh, understanding and vision of um, childhood rapes that had happened uh, to me. And um, that was really, you know, it was horrible. And it was also wonderful because for the, you know, first time I could sort of face the truth of something that had been coming up in my life in a variety of ways, trying to be seen. Right. And when I came home from that ceremony, which was actually two ceremonies back to back, um, every single night for at least a week, I woke up in the middle of the night, shaking, physically shaking. And I could feel, and I knew the medicine was working with me. And it was later, uh, several months later, I went to Peru to sit and there was um, another teacher there who was in the circle who, you know, was sharing information about um, trauma and how to actually arrive, how to use different exercises to get your body to shake, to release trauma. And so the medicine had been kept working with me every single night. And I think partly it was because of the, the amount that I had ingested that first time that it kept working with me for, for a week, um, every single evening. Um, but to physically begin to move some of what was lodged in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
Yeah. Are they, yeah if, there's so many other things that have come out of, you know, variety of ceremonies that have changed my life in um, positive ways that keep me um, willing to go back and go through it again. Mm -hmm. It has been um, extremely terrifying and difficult um, in the, I think, 13 plus ceremonies that I've been in. Actually, it's more than that, but um, I kind of stopped counting at a certain point. Me too. Yeah. Long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes it can be intensely physical and we think of uh, psychological wounds as just that, but it's not, you know, every time we separate it out, I think that we, we cut off part of the possibility of healing because it's just, sometimes it's just um, on all levels. Right. And I've been through that, those physical healings where, um, it's it's something that's very different uh, from the Western way of looking at healing, and uh, that emotional wounds are there in in a physical uh, way and felt in a physical way, um, but that those can be profound too and very very difficult to work through. Um, but there are other times where there's an energetic uh, experience that we have, whether it's you know fear or um, there's all kinds of things that come up in ceremony experiences we have where we're just in it for long periods of time and it feels so awful. And I'm wondering about your experiences in that way. Um, like you had to, re did you have to relive any of what you went through in the past or was it just introduced in an energetic way or just a knowing kind of download? And then how did that, um, how did that unfold afterwards that, that changed your experience in your life and allowed you to work through it? Mm -hmm. um, I have not gone through any memories of the events. It was a, a knowing. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there was a point, too, where I asked the medicine, you know, for the memories and the medicine said to me in that particular ceremony, you know, that the fact that you can't remember is like anesthesia in a surgery. Like if you had gone through a surgery and you had to feel all the pain of that surgery, it would be much more traumatic. Right. And, um, you know, so ayahuasca kind of said, no, I, I'm not going to take you there because it will hurt you more than it will help you. Um, and I, I did feel frustrated by that in certain ways. Um, but, uh, well, so you know, I think we have to trust it too, because things happen in the way they're meant to happen for each individual. And we're not all the same. Like we're so beautifully unique, all of us. And, and I don't think that, um, it's a, any negative reflection of you. I think that it's just what was, what was going to facilitate the most effective healing. Um, I've had my own uh, trauma of that nature, and it took a long time before uh, it was ready to surface. You know, I, I knew about it just like you, but it had to kind of come about in its own way. And and they have a plan. It's just you know beyond sometimes our 
our ability to understand, you know, but as long as we accept it and move with it, we're doing all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've often thought about that in terms of the way that I approach things with my children when they're young, where there's certain things that I don't think are appropriate to share with them at their age because they won't be able to process it in a way that helps them instead of harms them. So um, yeah, I've had that faith in ayahuasca's wisdom and in my own higher wisdom that I'm tapping into through the process of engaging with ayahuasca. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned children because, of course, I've talked a lot on this show about um, how this whole relationship with ayahuasca has improved my relationship with myself and my son. And, um, and it's also allowed me to see humanity as children because, you know, mm-hmm. when we are introduced to such a, a wise approach to this experience that we call life, um, we do feel like children, you know, and, and I think that's very applicable, uh, you know, to our experience here and the fact that we are just trying to figure it out at all levels, at all ages, you know, and I think that it's an important um, concept to, to embrace if it's something that we're open to that can really help us a great deal and help with the ego and help with all of those barriers that are in the way and us feeling like we should know it all or, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. It really helped me a great deal anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And help me identify with, with my child more and, you know, be more gentle with my own learning process, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, uh, some of those later experiences, um, you know, you've described them in really vivid terms in terms of uh, the feelings that it left you with or you experienced during the time. Um, and I'm wondering if you can uh, go into that again. So you, you didn't have to revisit those memories, but you did have other really difficult experiences. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that and what followed and how that was helping you to heal and how you responded to it afterwards. Like sometimes we walk out of those experiences going, Oh my God, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I had an experience like that really very recently in Peru. It's like never again. And it took a while, you know, to really process it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I've ever, if I've said to myself never again, but I'm constantly saying to myself, you know, I don't know how long I'll continue this work. I'm just going to wait and see where I feel guided, um, you know, as I go along. Um, but the, so the ceremonies, um, the, I know in some of my early ceremonies, the first couple of ones that I mentioned, there were, um, like these realms that I went to that were very dark and terrifying, kind of seeing all of the dark side of sexuality in our culture, like seeing this sort of sort of visiting like almost locas realms where it was all like red light district and dark and just terrifying. And um, so, uh, it, it's, I don't know, those times were looking at um, 
I guess that, that side of humanity, that side of existence um, and really facing it. Um, I've also had the experience of seeing myself, you know, in the neighborhood of my childhood home and see, feeling the feelings of what was um, really happening at that time for me, um, you know, in terms of the abuse and um, seeing a, um, like if, if somebody gets, you know, hit by a car on their bike, a little memorial gets set up on the side of the road, you know, across with flowers and things like that. Mm -hmm. It was like in the ceremonies, seeing a memorial like that set up for my childhood self that had really a part of me that died in yeah. that experience. And in the ceremonies, I would see, you know, the people in my neighborhood who were our neighbors and our friends, like gathering to, to acknowledge what had happened to me. Yeah. Because in that time, ever acknowledged it, it was a big, big dark secret, you know? And so, um, so I think, you know, that's some of it was just really feeling the depth of pain and really like parts of soul death that happened through the process. Um, and that was very painful um, and, and scary and visiting those really dark, terrifying realms was also, um, you know, terrifying. And some of what I've done for integration, you know, were, again, things that felt very directed by the medicine in the ceremonies, like we had talked about it, like kind of homework assignments that, that I then asked to do when I was not in ceremony. Right. So wrote, you know, a letter to my abuser um, and, and I didn't send the letter for a year. And by the time I sent the letter, I had two other letters that I had written that were kind of the evolution of my, um, my process with starting off, you know, with the first letter saying, don't ever contact me. Don't ever contact my family. I know what you did. I know who you are. I don't want anything to do with you to, you know, writing another letter when I was in Peru, um, you know, that said more, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today in terms of the level of my empathy, the level of my understanding of what suffering can happen in this life, the level of my, um, my drive to um, be a force for um, evolving these pains, um, you know, that I feel as though I am like a pot that has been fired, you know, and strengthened through the process of these experiences. So that was sort of my second letter. And then there was a third letter that I, I sent all together a year later, you know, to my abuser. And then I ended up going up to um, where I grew up in Washington and visiting with him and confronting him face to face and and saying you know this is what happened and this is what happened in my life you know this is you know 
alcohol or like uh, heavy drinking in high school, clinical depression in my 20s, like so much suffering that I had to go through. Like I, I got to look him in the face and say, you know, this, and he denied it and that's okay. Yes. But um, for me, that was a, you know, a really deep healing to look him in the eyes and say, I know you did this and it really hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look at the progression of that too. It takes time and, you know, it takes time to come at it from different angles and it gets better and better. And then in the end, your attachment to that person's reaction is just not even there. And it's all about you healing you. And that's the greatest part. Like I can identify with a lot of this, especially the depression and the drinking and all of those things that I did um, to cover up. And also, um, I want to talk about uh, ayahuasca taking you back to that time and then uh, presenting you with an energetic healing that had to do with acknowledging what you went through and others around you acknowledging that. That's so important. You know, I do that work uh, with my clients with hypnosis. We go back into events and then we change, you know, what's happening around it. And it really does have an impact afterwards because you get this energetic um, shift in, in the event itself and what happened around it that you can bring forward in your life and even, um, even energetically move into your past so that, you know, all of it impacts you differently now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the work that, that we can do um, in our lives and in our, within ourselves, um, moving into those areas of our body that are carrying it, our mind, you know, our emotional selves. And I, I think it's a, amazing, um, the progress that's possible. And how did you feel after that? Um, first of all, going back to uh, how ayahuasca brought you back and acknowledged you know, how that impacted you at the time and gave you that memorial and, and that support energetically with those who, you know, people your childhood at the time. And how did you feel after that ceremony moving forward? Did you feel that there was a healing that took place through that, that somehow something had shifted after that? Yes, um, it, it took me, I actually had that particular vision a couple of different ceremonies and in one ceremony um, I was assisting and I really had had maybe a like like a teaspoon of medicine and I was just helping in the ceremony but then because I was so lucid but in the ceremony I was able to revisit that in a much more uh, what felt like a more conscious present way and then I uh, you know saw a memorial out in the quote-unquote real world for someone who had passed away um, in my town and it, it kind of became more I understood it more what it was and what had happened in the ceremony and yeah there definitely was an energetic healing not only from that vision in the ceremony but also I've c- consistently had the feeling of the people who I've been in ceremony with like being there with me as a child, like somebody finally came to save me. Wow. That, 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 I, that, I'm, that my 10-year-old, if 
12-year-old, 13-year-old self was actually finally saved and not alone. So I, I definitely have had that, that deep feeling that those who've been with me in ceremony have come to save me, that somebody finally came to save me. And that has been really profound. Wow, that's beautiful. And yeah, it takes time and there are levels, you know, and I'm sure that first experience did have an impact. It's just on this energetic level, it's so hard for us to tell because we like to look at concrete differences, but energetic differences, they're, they're things we just have to feel through and we don't see for a long time, you know, but they're very important and profound. And it doesn't surprise me at all that you also had that experience when you were, you know, uh, assisting because it's almost as though sometimes the medicine wants us to know that it's possible to experience it without, you know, this big ingesting, you know, the medicine itself, that it is greater than that. And we know that because we work with it all the time afterwards, right? In our different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved what you said too about having that understanding that, that all of this happened for a reason. It seemed so tragic at the time. But now this has helped you become the healer that you are, the, the person who is, as can offer therapeutic help to others because of what you've experienced. And I feel the same way. It's true for me. And I've often been told that, you know, I agreed to all of this. And I think that's true of, of everyone. And it's really hard at some times to accept this, but that there's a reason for it. And it does make us, you know, who we are. And it does give us uh, compassion and capacities um, within the healing realm that that are are really extraordinary mm -hmm. yeah and and you and I had talked about um, in our previous conversation about um, you know one of the ceremonies that I had because I'm an herbalist and I work um, with plant medicines and there are um, you know, medicines like aconite that is a po really powerful poison, but when prepared properly can be applied for really deep healing. And I had that insight in one of my ceremonies because, of course, I know that it's very common, you know, of survivors of, of sexual abuse to have a lot of shame around it. Like what, and I definitely have, you know, like, well, what, why do other people have parents that love them? Like, well, why did I choose this? Why did I choose to come into like this, you know, and, and what is valuable about this? And, and that was what, you know, the medicine was showing me was, you know, you've chosen to take these different poisons to build your healing capacities to, um, you know, to give you more strength to, you know, like, and, and I am, you know, even when I was in Peru, um, one of the guides who was sitting with us said, you know, ayahuasca is <laughs> warrior's medicine. And I feel like that's the way I have approached a lot of things in my life is that I'm going to um, live big and I'm going to um, really be here and do this. And, and I think... Uh, one of my um, fellow body workers and counselors, you know, said to me once, like when we're disembodied, 
you know, when, when we're waiting, you know, to come into the body, we look down and we think, oh yeah, I can do that. I can like, it's not a problem. I can do that. And then we get into bodies and we, and we realize, oh, this is, I bit off maybe more than I can chew. (laughs) (laughs) And I've done that in my physical Liz Collins, this life where I think, yeah, I can do it all. And then like, and then I'm just like, what was I thinking? And I do it. I do it all (laughs) anyway. But sometimes I think, you know, maybe I shouldn't have bitten off like so much. And I think, you know, sometimes that's part of this experience is that um, of the abuse and of the transmutation of it into healing and beauty um, is that it, it was a lot to there's a lot to metabolize, a lot to um, to experience in this life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it can come down on us really big. But um, I think that that biting off more than you can chew thing, I think that that's, that's almost like expressing an, in, an intention and a part of us that wants us to know that we actually can. And then, mm. and then we go about doing it in ways that make sense because we have to start somewhere and then, you know, and we make our way through it. Right. But I want to return to this concept of, of poison and healing um, and, and this idea of coming into this life and, and having those experiences that could be uh, perceived as, as poisonous and then how that assists us in, in healing and, and um, in growing through that and becoming who we are and uh, strengthening us. So this is the same concept, interestingly, that we can move into in talking about how things physically manifest, such as um, you know viruses and other illnesses and our immune system and how we respond. Um, so we're talking a lot about immunity now and there's um, some really good and healthy discussions, I believe, about us moving in the world and exposing ourselves to things that our bodies do intentionally to build up our immunity so yeah even babies like you know this i i remember being horrified looking at my son like putting everything in his little mouth and going oh my god i can't stop him from doing all this but this is him building his immunity to everything it was very intentional there's an intelligence at work there and we always want to get in the way you know Mm -hmm. but um at the same time uh I think that there's there's many opportunities that we have during this time. It gives us time to uh, to reflect and to um, see how we're responding to everything uh, that's happening as a result. There's a lot of fallout, financial and uh, social, emotional, in every conceivable way. Relationships. Oh my God! Yeah, it's putting us to the test for sure. Mm-hmm. And how we respond to this is really important. Um, I know that in my own journey, um, there have been some extremely difficult experiences between ceremonies just in my life and part of the bigger ceremony, right? Mm-hmm. And because this, I'm able to respond by asking ayahuasca, you know, what is going on here? And I get the impression a lot of the time, and it's very deliberate response to me to let me know that it's kind of life poking me to see where I still hurt, like the doctor would do. Does this hurt here? You know? <laughs> and then you go, oh! And then it's like, oh, okay, so now we know we've got something to work on there. 
Mm, that's and, brilliant. and this is what's happening to me a lot, you know, it'll happen and I'll react and then I'll go, oh yeah, that's, that's supposed to happen. That's, that's basically them going, okay, does this still hurt? All right. So now we know we need to do some healing now. And now we can allow you to become aware of this so that you can form the intention to heal it. Because if you're not aware, you can't heal it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is a very big opportunity for us to be poked in many different ways because we've got to move forward in this world you know we know that there's sickness and and i'm i'm talking about the greater deeper sickness than what manifests physically and we all have an opportunity through this to be poked and prodded and be aware of our reactions without judgment you know try it on i'm not saying it'll work right away all the time but that's another poke right be aware of your reactions and your judgments and then and then you can work with that there's always opportunities and this is an immense one i think and we can develop our own immunity in terms of being aware now how we react to things and incorporate it into our healing that event and how we reacted and forming intentions to respond differently and finding the tools to help us do that yeah um Definitely, this is a time where there's a lot of conversation about immunity and, you know, and I, and I do, I did hear your question about the poisonous medicine and, and coming back to that a little bit too, but I just want to say about immunity in Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga and is the science of life, how to live in harmony with the seasons and with our own what kind of seed we are, what, how much light we need, how much heat we need, how much sleep we need, how much water we need, you know, all of these different things. Um, the main thing in Ayurveda for health is proper digestion. And that doesn't just mean like with the food that we eat, the, you know, whether we're eating burgers or vegetables, uh, but also anything that we take in through our eyes, anything that we see, anything that we take in through our bodies, anything that we feel, anything that we watch on the TV, anything that we, you know, anything that we take in, we have to digest. And if we don't have the power to digest it, whatever, it becomes lodged in our body and becomes known as ama, which is toxins and waste. And then we have to do something to, to get rid of it, which of course is part of the beauty of ayahuasca the purge you know like getting that um opportunity to clear your system energetically and physiologically of all of those things that you haven't been able to digest and that was certainly has been my experience for the last three years is that ayahuasca is helping me to digest these things that became lodged in my being that were too big for me to digest in the moment you know, which of course is the definition of trauma is something that is too much, too soon, too fast. We can't digest it and it becomes stuck. Yeah. You know, uh, and so, so yeah, ayahuasca has definitely helped me to metabolize those stuck things and begin to, um, to meet them are face to face and to work through them. And it's, it's definitely still an ongoing um, process. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, as we said, you know, I feel and, and you expressed that we have been able to become in part 
the strength of who we are through the challenges that we've faced. Um, and, and also, I think ayahuasca has helped me um, with facing that sort of maybe what might be the ultimate fear of death. And that, um, you know, also that death is not a, a bad thing, um, you know, that it's part of the, the process. And I had both of my children um, were home births. Um, and then I was at a friend's daughter's home birth as her doula. And then um, I've had the grace to be at my mother-in-law and my mother's passing. And both of those experiences, it was very clear to me that I was standing at the same doorway. Right. It felt like just as sacred and beautiful to be standing at the doorway of a birth as it did to be standing at the doorway of a death. Um, and I think, you know, Charles Eisenstein wrote about that a little bit in um, his wonderful uh, essay called um, The Coronation, you know, just about our, our fear of death keeping us from living. And I, and I think in the pandemic, in part, you know, that's what's been happening um, also, um, you know, also I think for myself, the, like the, the difficulty of the, the pandemic, the gift of the intelligence of Mother Earth, you know, releasing this at this time for me personally, um, you know, I'm a, a, a body worker and a yoga teacher and, and all the things I do, I touch people. So I have not been able to work for the last um, two and a half months. And, you know, it, uh, it made me slow down in certain ways. And in many ways, that was incredibly painful. And I had a resurgence of, um, you know, my clinical depression um, through this time because one of the things that I do to um, keep going is stay really busy so that I don't have to deal with, you know, my, my issues. And that it's an illness of our culture, too. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, and it's, and it's a part of... Um, in part what we have to do to survive because of the, um, you know, the, the structures that we're in and, and all of that. But the, um, you know, the pandemic and the shelter in place has given me a moment to, you know, to go through that deep touching on that, poking those places that hurt again and go, Oh, you're, you're still really sore here and you're moving so fast um, that you didn't, you weren't paying attention to it. So now you're slowing down and it hurts and you have an opportunity to look at it again. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think ceremonies are that opportunity too, because they're always for me have been a time where I'm stepping out of my 
normal life, you know, I'm either going with the um, church that I sit with here in the States and going for two or three days away from my kids, away from my work and, and really taking the time to address those issues. Um, and certainly when I went to Peru and it was uh, 10 days, uh, day on five ceremonies, day on, day off, that was an incredible opportunity to really drop into um, the work in that way. Yeah. So this is really the pinnacle of our life ceremony in a way that we're having opportunities like that <laughs> to self-examine and self-discover and to be prodded and poked and to emerge from this in a much stronger way you know, by developing our immunity through us being challenged in these ways that we're being challenged, you know. Another thing that I see emerging through this is um, what often happens in times like this is a great divide in terms of people's opinions as to, you know, how we should, you know, or shouldn't be responding to this. And I think, again, um, for me, this has been healing in that it's... Um, allowed me to move through my own um, uh, concerns about that and, and allowing me to be more at peace with, um, with facilitating, um, you know, moving towards the idea of healing through us accepting um, everybody's unique responses, you know. Um, we do have an immense opportunity here to, to start to heal that as, as a global community. Um, all the wars and all of the pain we've suffered in history has been about, you know, uh, one group's or people's, you know, decision that things should be this way and that enforcing it upon others. And um, I think that on both sides or all sides, we can all learn that lesson um, to, um, to be more at peace with the fact that everybody's going to heal differently and everybody's going to respond differently and everybody what's good for you know one person may not be you know the right thing for the next person and so on and every single one of us has an opportunity right now you know to be more compassionate about how everybody else is dealing with this and agree that it's none of their business and to take care of themselves you know <laughs> or to, to look at it as a learning challenge or a healing challenge for their own um and and for me that was anyway um i know it's an opportunity for a lot of us and and you know for those who maybe aren't at peace with it or are struggling with that, I can identify and, and, and I can say that this has been an immense opportunity for me to heal in that way. And I think, you know, the opportunity and challenge is there for the rest of us to do this when we're ready or if we're ready or open to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, another thing, uh, that I wanted to talk about is um, that right now, um, given everything that's that's happening, we all know that uh, growth takes place when these big shifts happen, and we have we're forced to adjust. <laughs> and sometimes we don't always feel ready, but you know, there we are, um, finding our way. And our children are taking all this in. You know, they're seeing how we're responding to this too, and that is going to inform them in later life as we were informed by our parents and on and on it goes throughout history and we do have an opportunity there to 
you know, to demonstrate something um, by being that change that we want to see in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that, that takes place in terms of just being authentic with where you're at too. Like there have been times I've just been in tears and, and, and just, you know, being honest with my son saying, Hey, this is a really challenging time right now. And I'm just releasing some stuff and, you know, don't worry, we're going to get through this just fine. Um, I'm just, you know, this is a good way for me to release some tension and, and yeah, and be open about it. And it's perfectly fine to do that, you know? Yeah, which that's a wonderful example, you know, for your son, that it's okay, you don't have to hold it in. And, and you can um, express that. And I've had that, you know, experience with, with my son through the pandemic too, within my daughter, um, just that experience of, you know, talking, all of us talking together in the family and saying, you know, basically what each of us are going to have to do is take turns being there for each other. When someone's having their meltdown, we're going to be patient, you know, with that person and whoever has the strength to, you know, be the one to step in, then we're going to do that. And, um, you know, uh, and, and so I think that has given, you know, my, my son, especially who's a very, very, um, emotional, empathic um, being to, you know, cry and tell me how much he misses his friends and how hard it is to motivate himself to do his work without his teacher and, you know, and not feel like he has to um, just pull himself up by his bootstraps and, um, and not express how difficult it can be. You know. Sure. Yeah, and then and then let's let's work out ways we can um, we can work with that, you know, and say, okay, how are we going to respond now? <laughs> right? I've been doing this with my son too. Is like, what what are the the positive things that we can do that we can't do when we're in these busy lives that we don't have time? You know, let's look at oh, that. Yeah. Let's work with that now that we've had our cry and expressed our honest feelings you know now what do we do about it that's always ayahuasca's response you know so let's be have my little you know inner tantrum and then it's like now what are we going to do about it <laughs> yes. what are you going to do about it right because we do have that responsibility when all is said and done you know yeah absolutely and and certainly you know in our in our in our family we've had the opportunity to um go on a backpacking trip together and um you know finding really wonderful silver linings to this experience that um have been really precious you know and exist concurrently like you know with the pain and insecurity and grief and, and loss and, and all of those, um, you know, things like a yin and yang really, uh, together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and that's the truth of, of our big ceremony called life. You know, there is all of that together in it. And, um, you know, we can regard this as right or wrong or good or bad, but I think in the end, um, what's going to serve us best is is to you know as much as possible be the observer be as authentic as possible in terms of our responses you know and just agree to move through it and and look at ways that we can uh, interpret this 
as a possibility for positive change and growing and, and healing, you know? Because look what you and I have been through early in life and we can now look at it that way. Let's take that strength and say, okay, so every other situation that comes to us in life, we can also interpret in this way. Um, there's something that you said that really uh, has been rolling around in my mind because I know it's important. You said that uh, many things in your life were, were uh, happening to express to you um, the need for you to take a look at, at this wound from early childhood. Um, and I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I think this is true of all of our lives that when we have these things recurring over and over again, things, challenges in certain ways, it's like um, an elaborate message, you know, <laughs> to us. <laughs> like you need to take a look at this. And, and once we're willing to sit and look at it and say, okay, let's, let, let's move into this instead of running away from it or regarding it as something bad that I have to escape let's see what lesson I have to learn from this and, and you know, what's the teaching there? What's the opportunity there? Um, yeah. And, and try to do it without judging, you know, whoever delivers this message, you know, because that's going in the wrong direction. But if you do go in that direction, there's something to learn there too. There always is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I had had a, um, experiences like I had, when I was 19, I had kind of a kind of a nervous breakdown at that time, and I checked myself into an eating disorder and sexual abuse survivor inpatient program. So I already knew at that point, um, and while I was inpatient, I had some memories, and I tried to confront my abuser through a, another family member, um, but it sort of I didn't fully you know, that it was denied then too. And, um, and then just life went on and, um, you know, all the other things. And, and one really beautiful, um, signpost or like, like a cairn, like a stack of rocks on the trail, you know, for me was, um, a local, um, yoga studio owner um and and i i can say his name because he he did this talk for the whole community his name's eddie elner and he owns yoga soup and when he turned 50 he came back from peru he's been sitting with ayahuasca for many years and he uh you know told everybody he was having giving a like a kind of a one-man show and then there was going to be a party afterwards at the studio and so he gave this talk about his life growing up with his grandfather and his grandmother um, instead of his mother and he also talked about his spiritual path and he went on this whole um, progression and then at the end you know he shared uh, that his that his grandfather had raped him his his whole life um, and that he discovered that through his experiences with ayahuasca and that, and then he said, but I'm okay. Now let's go have some food, you know? And I, um, I had, I had not wanted to go to that talk. I didn't even really know anything about it, that it was going to be what it was, but my husband had wanted to go and I thought, well, I'll go with my husband and, you know, just support him and show up with him. And we had taken separate cars and, and I, cause I was coming from work and he was meeting me and, um, 
and, and uh, you know, Eddie finished talking and I said, my shoes are in the other room. I'm leaving. You can stay if you want to. It doesn't matter. Like, but I'm going. And I was, I was like a zombie. I, I walked out barefoot. I didn't get my shoes. I walked the three blocks to my car barefoot. I drove home and ended up getting pulled over um, by a policeman after I got money out of the ATM for the babysitter because I didn't turn my headlights back on because it, I essentially, after his talk, I couldn't get back in my body for, for about two weeks. Like I had an out of body experience, but that was one of those big pokes. And I already knew before that, that I wanted to sit with ayahuasca, but then his experience, the, the fact that he was willing to bravely share his experience with, you know, about 150 people, um, you know, really uh, deeply um, affected me. And, um, you know, a lot of people in the community gave him a lot of flack saying, oh, he's a yoga teacher and he's an example for the community and he's talking about doing drugs. And, you know, um, I felt like it was a huge, huge community service for him to put himself out there in that way. And, 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 and I hope, you know, that our conversation here today will be the same thing, you know, for other people, you know, that will be able to, um, be guided along their path of healing and to face those, um, you know, those demons that we're running from that if we turn around and say, hey, what do you really want? That will actually be shown the gift that's in that. Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it can be a shock at the beginning when we're, I, I've come to terms with the fact that uh, myself included, that a lot of us are attached to our wounds just because we're so used to them being there. And sometimes it's very hard when you're introduced to the idea of letting it go. And that's a very deep visceral thing. It's not like in your mind, you always know, of course, I don't want to suffer. Of course, I want to let it go. But there's this deeper stuff that we're not always connected to um, in our minds and that ayahuasca introduces us to that helps us, you know, get to that place where we're ready. And, and you know, it, it can really shake us up. And it's important for people to understand that this is not an easy fix. <laughs> it is not, it's, it's a lifelong thing. And, and it's beautiful um, that there are people out there willing to, to talk about it. And I, I, I know that people get a lot out of it and, and we have to do this because understandably people have had the wrong, well, not the wrong, but have had certain impressions of psychoactive, um, substances uh, because of the reputation of many of them and they're so different just like us <laughs> they're all very different you know a lot of them can be potentially healing even though they haven't always been used that way um, but yeah it's going to take time and and I hope we can move towards being more patient with that and understanding about it because it, it just is it's going to take time for people to understand that I know people who've been so moved and healed by ayahuasca that beforehand had had such different opinions of all of those things and and it's understandable and thankfully 
ayahuasca helps us to develop more compassion <laughs> yeah and more understanding of all that but yeah it's it's wonderful and I, I you know coming back to our situation right now we can have resistance to this kind of healing too but whether we start to experience that now throughout the process we're going through or in retrospect i think that you know ultimately we we can see it that way and to start to open up to that now will be a, a powerful thing so um thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing um so generously with your about your story um and i'd like to give our audience an opportunity to get in touch with you if they'd like to um can you provide your whatever contact information you feel comfortable sharing your certainly your website yeah and and yeah and thank you rebecca for having me and for this this um, podcast and for your um efforts to generously um help people transform and learn and grow i really appreciate it of course thank you so much okay so your yeah. website is yeah my website is anahatahealingarts.net and that's A-N-A-H A-T-A Anahata I spell it right, Anahata Healing Arts it's the heart chakra in Sanskrit um, and um, my personal email is I-I-N-H-A-L-E I inhale at hotmail.com Beautiful Okay, so thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll be in touch again, and uh, take care. And to everybody out there, hang in there. Um, we are growing through this together. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more ayahuasca integration and personal growth content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com.